It's another Sunday Night in Comedy, and tonight we're checking in with a tour of comedians taking on life with autism one punchline at a time. And Toronto comic Hisham Kaladi joins us to talk about his Juno-nominated album and life as a comedian of color in Canadian stand-up. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here yeah. on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming all over the nation on Global News Online, brought to you, as always, by our wonderful friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you see the world in front of you more clearly. And what a perfect time it is for that, because summer is coming, live comedy is back, festival season is upon us, the road work is back again, uh, and I mean... For comedy tours not literal construction like here in toronto but that's back too uh we have our producer vince tedesco on the air with us vince i mean the last few weeks on this show i feel like we really have gotten into a very sunny and bright sort of entering summer disposition because after two years of talking about the thing we shall not mention we are really we're back to, to live comedy uh, we're back to festivals. Last week, we were plugging in a brand new independent festival that's uh, taken over Toronto this week, in fact. Uh, this week, we're talking about another independent comedy tour with a very, very specific theme. It's something entirely unique that these comics are doing. Yeah, this kind of warms my heart a bit. I mean, like, um, they're autistic comics. I mean, let's put it right out there. They all uh, struggle and battle with their own sort of form of it. And the fact that they're getting up on stage, they're talking about it, they're working it in with their comedic material. It, it's great. I mean, it's it's awesome to see. Uh, great shows coming up right here in Toronto and I believe in London, Burlington area. I'm not sure we'll get some clarification, but yeah, it's 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 great to see kind of innovative comics doing innovative shows and, and bringing this all together. The one big and harmonious circle of laughter. One big, it's a circle of laughter. It is true though. And I mean, you know, one thing we've been talking about a lot lately is how the industry has really shifted towards the comic. It's the, this is the age of the independent producer, the independent record label, the independent tours, clubs, festivals. It's the comics steering the ship and it's incredible to see. So last week we were talking about a festival. Now it's this tour that again, completely started by standups themselves. They're just building this stuff themselves and building that audience. And that's what Canadian comedy looks like now. It's, it's artist helmed and it's pretty awesome to see because for decades and especially for seven seasons of this show almost, We've been scratching our heads all the time going, how do we have a star system in Canada? How come we don't have this in our industry? Seems like we're actually entering the point now where we're finally just, we're building it. We're making it happen. So it's incredible to see. And a little later on in the show, we have comedian Hisham Kaladi is joining us. Toronto comic, of course, the Junos just wrapped up here in Toronto. He had a Juno nominated album this year. So we're going to get into that with him and what, what he tackles on that. Right here, Stack Show on Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. Have the, are, the, are there hecklers again in comedy? I have no idea. Maybe they're uh, home online. <laughs> this whole time. There, there's a lot of hecklers still. They're still there? Comedy. By the way, as long so. If you have alcohol, there, there, there will be hecklers. It, it, there it's will like there be, will be blood. 
always be rowdies in the crowd. Uh, one thing we've been talking about on this show a lot lately is how coming back to, you know, live comedy finally again, coming into the summer and festival scene and all this, is how comics, Canadian comics have really sort of relaunched the industry. A lot of the festivals we're seeing, a lot of the comedy albums coming out, a lot of the labels, a lot of the tours, a lot of the clubs is entirely independent stuff built by comics it's sort of like we really just took over the industry and are rebuilding it what it's going to look like now uh it's sort of this rebirth of canadian comedy in a way and tonight on the show we have just such one of those tours this is a completely unique tour that literally nobody else in canadian comedy or is out there doing anything quite like this because it's so personal to the comics on this tour and it's so skewed towards I, I don't know if, I don't know, you guys could tell, in a way, I guess, enlightening audiences too. Uh, but anyways, we have comedians Michael McCreary and Pat Tiffin, who are both part of a tour that tackles life with autism. So how did this whole thing come together, basically? How did you guys, and I know you aren't the only two on this tour, but how did you put this whole thing together? Well, well we were born, and then we found out we had autism, and then eventually, I guess, uh, during the pandemic... We sort of got together and thought to ourselves, okay, uh, we're down for a bit. Uh, let's put, put some virtual shows together, which Mike's dad helped us put together very, very nicely. And I was like, for, so for like the last year and a half, we've just been doing that. And at some point, we were just at some point thinking to ourselves, could we actually do this live? So I, th I think Mike could probably... Uh, extend this no you it's, it's nothing to salvage there pat you're totally fine it's um uh no basically what pat was getting at was uh uh my mom was sort of shopping some ideas by me because uh, she's not involved in comedy or producing or anything but uh she said you have a lot of friends in the uh in the stand-up community who are on the spectrum and said why don't you guys pool your resources <laughs> because it would probably be easier to uh to sell a show built around the idea of like four autistic comics as, as opposed to one yeah so uh me and my dad got to, uh got in contact with dean svoboda uh great organizer based out in uh in alberta uh who runs with a couple of guys um anton uh robert gasper christian kosniak and i'm so sorry i'm forgetting the other guy's name they have a wonderful application oh, called Rio. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being on that. And that uh, they run a thing called uh, Remo conferences where they kind of wanted to build on the synergy of, okay, okay, you guys have a show. We have a product that we want to sell like a, like a, like a conferencing website. Uh, so maybe we can uh, uh, build some synergy off of that. So, yeah. uh, so we started, yeah. So we started doing shows from that and then uh, revisions uh, basically as Dean, uh, you brought up and I'm really kind of humbled to be kept in company like that. Uh, uh, because a lot of people are coming back and putting on some pretty big shows and, and tours and the like. Uh, we just kind of said, okay, can we do anything like that? And originally it was going to be much bigger than uh, what we're embarking on. It was going to be a pretty ambitious uh, tour of like Manitoba to Northern Ontario, uh, where we were going to start in Winnipeg and work our way up there. But then obviously things kept changing because a lot of people have kept having to pull out because uh, uh, parameters around COVID changed. Yeah. Uh, just uh, people were kind of uh, flying by the skin of their teeth and going like, we don't want to uh, pull too much money into anything that might get gutted before, uh, uh, like we've gone too far with it. So basically we just said, okay, well, we, we know we're, we can't sit on this forever. So what can we do? And we said, okay, well, we can, we can do a show in Toronto and uh, we can maybe uh, do a show in one of our backyards, but uh, it ended up working out a bit better. We're doing one virtual, uh, which we're really excited about. 
on uh, Thursday, the 26th. And, uh, and we're doing the two live shows, the one in Toronto on Tuesday, the 24th, and the uh, one Burlington show on uh, Friday, the 27th. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the boring version of it, but that's, that's how we uh, did it. Part of me is like, thank, thankfully, we ended up doing the shorter version of this, like 22 hours in the car when you're 6'4", is a little bit much sometimes. <laughs> Well, it is true. I mean, it's a di- it's such a different animal too, right? I mean, when you're doing these shows virtually, as a lot of people did during this time, because that was what you know we just sort of had to work with what we had at our at our disposal, right? So a lot of comics did this stuff virtually and and did digital shows. So it, it's it's an interesting shift building this thing in that world at that time and doing all this stuff online and now going okay, we can now book venues and book theaters and bring this whole thing live to the stage and take it on the road. And I think it's a perfect time for it too, because not only are obviously audiences are itching to get out and watch live comedy again, of course, because everybody's been cooped up the last couple of years. So we're seeing how much people have been clamoring for that. This tour is a unique thing too, because you kind of, you kind of cross over into a lot of different worlds with this because you're reaching out to an audience that can relate to all of your personal experiences with this comedy but at the same time, educating a broader audience, you're you're explaining this stuff to a wider audience. You also kind of reach these worlds of, in a way, almost like advocacy and education with the with the material that you're doing on this tour. So you're kind of spinning a few different plates here. Yeah, uh, it. it uh, we all come from very different worlds. Pat had a really wonderful testimony uh, testimonial that uh, we ended up putting up on the uh, Comics NOS website. Uh, that I can't remember off the top of my head, but basically saying uh, that like, you the have, world's yeah. most awkward boy band. It is not <laughs> that. <laughs> it okay, is not so, that, so. but that is very good. Uh, it was the one that you said about where you said like uh, Michael, uh, where you said Michael's the corporate pro. Uh, that, in, that's the world's uh, most awkward yeah. boy band. Yes, exactly. Uh, so you were basically Mike's saying we all have pro, different issues. Uh, Adam's the fringe darling. Uh, is the uh, is the uh, Kern's the lovable, autistic, uh, all adorable, and I'm sort of the comedy club underdog, which is really weird right now because London is without a comedy club right now. So that is true. I may have to rebrand myself. (laughs) It is true, Pat, because you are like you're an you're an old school club comic road dog. It is funny because London has always been known as a comedy club town, and just doesn't really have a club. (laughs) <laughs> that's what true that now like like we, me and the other two people sort of run shows in town right now are like okay we're on tours what what's going to go on while we're gone so <laughs> but uh to to quickly get this word in so sorry guys uh really uh what pat was getting at with that phrase was that i come from a background where it's sort of intersectional of like doing typical straight stand-up but also doing like sort of breakout sessions and uh in in straight presentation like straight talking education yeah. stuff and these guys are all like from the, like the proper comedy club scene. So, I mean, what's been kind of fun for them was uh, getting to kind of dip their toes into that, into a very different forum. You do strike me as the corporate one, Michael. I, I would say that I would ima- I would guess. I'm not funny. Group, I, no, I, I would guess out of the group, though, that while you're building this tour, you're probably the one who, uh, you know, reached out to sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, my guess. Definitely. Uh, we're going to get into more of the nuts and bolts of this tour and also just what this, what, how much your own lives goes into this material. Because I know I've seen, obviously, Pat on stage over the years. I know I know that this is close to the chest for him. Uh, we're going to come back with more of the O Positive Tour. Am I pronouncing that right, by the way? That is correct. 
Perfect. All right, we're going to come back with more of this tour right here on Inside Jokes. Hisham Kaladi, I'm being held hostage by Inside Joke hosts Dean and Vince. Uh, please pay the ransom, Mom. I really want to get out of here. This is absolutely horrible. The show's great, but just the experience is horrible. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. We are talking independent comedy tours. Right now, we have two comics who have created the O Positive Comedy Tour, which is, again, this is a completely unique tour hitting stages uh, here in Canada that tackles life with autism. These are comics who all have autism. Their, Their material is based on their experiences in their life. And it's about bringing that to the stage and and sharing that with a wide audience, people who can relate to this personally because they too have autism and just a wider audience who can, can relate to this comedy and, and learn a thing or two, I think too, in the process, we have Michael McCreary and Pat Tiffin on the line. I mean, we were talking before the break about how, you know, the four of you doing this tour, you all sort of came from different corners and it's sort of like, a super group in a way where it's like this person's a club comic this person's a fringe festival person this person's a corporate person and you all sort of brought those skill sets to the table and obviously your own unique voices in comedy to the stage to build this tour that's sort of a it's almost like a mixed media experience i mean pat i've seen your comedy over the years back when you know i used to go do shows in london when london had lots of those <laughs> But I mean, we still have shows. We still have shows. I know you're running a room. Well, and it's funny because London's kind of a microcosm of what's happening in all of Canada right now, which is, you know, London used to be a quote unquote club town. And as you said before the break, nowadays, there's no there's no club. It's all comics running shows themselves. I, I think I think London's I think London's come to the point where it's just like. You're seeing the shift eventually when it comes to comedy, especially with like. People can't really afford to live in Toronto and do comedy, so you're, you're going to see like a lot of pe- more people move into like s- smaller centers like London, like like during this whole uh, COVID period, like Ian Lynch, Andrew Chapman, Josh Elijah all moved into London. So it's just like now now's a good time for us to get some independent shows because we now have some people who can actually also, also run shows. So it's so we can actually fill the void of not having a club per se right now eventually i think there's a few places in london that may welcome a club eventually but yeah if we're in if we're in the wilderness for a while it's it's welcome i was just gonna say that uh one of the things that i've always loved about doing shows about being open about uh about being autistic is usually there are autistic people in the audience or someone that knows someone 
7.1 billion people on the planet are autistic. Uh, like, uh, sorry, 7.1 billion people on the planet, 1% of that is autistic. Thank God. I'm like, I don't know. What the yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Vince was just going, I got I to gotta talk to him. Make, 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 make <laughs> oh, oh, dear Lord. I, I just lost my heart. <laughs> No, no, yeah, no, no, no. The, yeah, the 7.1 billion people on the planet undiagnosed with autism. No, what I mean is... <laughs> and then he's playing to the stereotype, well, yeah. everybody is a little autistic. Yeah, just a little bit. But basically, uh, what I mean about the... Uh, uh, sorry, what I mean about that figure is that inevitably there's going to be people coming up to me after a show going like, hey, uh, uh, can, I, can I unload my baggage? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I love talking to people. Uh, like uh, I love hearing myself talk. I'm a comic, so it's always fun being like, "Yeah, that's absolutely like." I encourage that kind of a sit down after the show, and actually, that's like my favorite part of the show because it's I'm a lonely person. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I uh, I think a lot of people are, but I mean, generally speaking, like comics are particularly lonely. That's why we do what we do to try and uh, bridge an avenue between like like us and other people uh, by being being really vulnerable like you were saying dean and like uh, digging digging into the closet and like uh, just throwing stuff out there and hoping people connect with it so after the show knowing that there's people out there that can relate to that that's really cathartic well and in a way i mean pat kind of touched on this as well there's also that you know for a general audience sort of giving them some awareness of this because topics like this like things on the spectrum kind of become used as this throwaway catch-all like pat kind of hit it on the head there like you'll see people on social media go oh i organize my shoes i'm so ocd like it's they use it as this like throwaway terminology without understanding what it actually is and what the condition and what the life actually is and they're and there's no such thing as like oh, i'm a little bit this I'm a little, like they you know it, it becomes such a loosely thrown around thing without people having an understanding of what it actually is so i mean your your comedy is a great platform to bring a wider audience in and go no no no. this is what this actually is like this is this is our lifestyle this is what this is what this what life with this is like and it's not just sort of a generalized thing that people use and just sort of casually toss around like that yeah and like the hope is that because we have four comics in a row we can at least communicate some kind of variance right because the thing about asd and i mean this is the old stephen shore cliche that everyone likes to throw around you've seen one per you've met one person with autism you've met one person with autism so the hope is that they come out of this show going like all right the like the, this changes from people this affects people in different ways people uh manage it in very different ways they live with it in very different ways and uh, we hope if anything that's something that people walk away from the show going is that it's like okay it's not because the thing that's like stereotypically autism people think of autism manifesting itself externally. Like we were talking about the whole Sheldon Cooper cliche of like, oh yeah, you're like a dork. People see that, that's the, like the, the, in their mind that registers is like that guy's autistic because he's, he's an antisocial misfit. But oftentimes, I mean, autism manifests internally. It's how you process sensory information. It's like right. how you process noise, touch, stuff like that. Like uh, that's usually how it goes. So uh, I, I wish I had something funny to say about this, Pat. Can you bail me out? Yeah. <laughs> Or all the times when people will drop like toothpicks on the floor. <laughs> You're gonna need to clean those up, people. We're, we're not, <laughs> it doesn't count. Yeah, I do like the idea. If a Rain Man was actually autistic, he wouldn't be able to count that because he's too distracted that there's like a mess. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Too. I mean, well, and that's the thing too. Is like, and it is interesting actually bringing up the Sheldon Cooper character. Like that's. 
that's very current like that's happened five minutes ago it's interesting that there's yeah. still those sort of stereotypes and those cliches that are happening now like that's a sitcom that was on the air five minutes ago you know and it's yeah. still there's still those characters out there and he was never written as autistic that's the funny thing that's all projection from people because yeah. i mean clearly some autistic people identified with him but then that's somehow leaked into the cultural consciousness of what autism was and i don't think it's that show's fault i think they were just making a show about like nerd stereotypes <laughs> like they had no intention of talking about autism so that whole uh that whole phenomenon is really bizarre but i mean uh clearly it came from a place of security that someone looked at that or they looked at abed in community or they looked at anything in popular culture and went yeah oh i relate to this right but that just for whatever reason stuck so I don't know. Hopefully there'll be an autistic character out in the next five years. that will be bad at math and we can change the story. <laughs> I mean, I always go back to the Kanye thing where he was talking about being bipolar and he said, it's my superpower. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, you, you, it's sort of like, cause I've, as comics, comics are really good at sort of finding these quirks and defaults and certain things within themselves and using those as a strength and going, no, this is what makes me who I am. And I mean, I think if anything, this tour relates to that on a whole other level. It's like, no, this is what makes us who we are. Like, screw that. You know, this you know, is this is so a positive. Though the, the the fighting words in there is like, it's our superpower. Like, <laughs> like super, superpower. Like super superheroes have great supervillains. Like Superman has Lex Luthor. Batman has the Joker. You know who my arch nemesis is? Rhetorical questions. <laughs> 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 that, that is as great of a note as any to, <laughs> to wrap on uh before we wrap it up though michael mccreary pat tiffin uh where can we where can we catch this tour where can we get tickets online and uh, for our audience all that good stuff yep uh you can uh you can go to comedybar.com right now uh if, sorry dot ca i apologize dot CA. Dot CA, very important distinction go to comedybar.ca type in the o positive tour that is uh the au positive tour uh, you could probably find something there at the uh, 945 Lure Street West location in the cabaret space. That show will the, be at 8 p.m. on Tuesday. The pun is golden, Tuesday. by the way. Yes. Um, uh, the, uh, the other show that's in person is Burlington one. That's on Friday, uh, May 27th at the uh, Ron Joyce DeGroote School of Business. Uh, that's that, that doesn't roll off the tongue quite like Comedy Bar, but come. That's at 6 on uh on a Friday, May 27th, 6.30. We also have an online show, and I feel, I don't know why. Uh, we, we were kind of flying by the seat of the pants with this show today, and uh, I do not have my information on that. All I know is that I think it's called generoussolutions.com. Look, if you go to Michael McCreary, hyphen, funny, you don't look autistic on Facebook, you can find my pinned post there of all of the shows. You can reach it there. That's not meant to be a shameless plug. <laughs> That's... Uh, this is the time we have we're running out of time people you can find uh, right. no, that's, that's where you can find the most so. social media platform so except for Absolutely. snapchat there we go at pat tiffin michael mccreary don't forget hit up comedy bar uh, comedy bar.ca for tickets the o positive tour check out those dates check out the live show thank you michael mccreary and pat tiffin for joining us uh, i feel like we could have gone on about this all day uh but people make sure you check out the o positive comedy tour because again another fantastic tour put together entirely by comics and this is something entirely unique that nobody else is doing in canadian comedy thank you both so much we're going to be right back on inside jokes with hisham kaladi coming up
My name is Hisham Kaladi. I'm being held hostage by Inside Joke hosts Dean and Vince. Uh, please pay the ransom, Mom. I really want to get out of here. This is absolutely horrible. The show's great, but just the experience is horrible. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Because the world is stuck in 2020, and now your vision can be too. Thank you again, <laughs> our friends from the O Positive Tour, who are striking out across the country and telling audiences all about life with autism. Uh, again, fantastic, completely unique tour that's happening. But now we are switching gears. We have a Toronto comic on the air with us who was just Juno nominated for his comedy album Tiger King, which, by the way, I loved the artwork for that album. That was like one of my favorite album artworks in Canadian comedy in a long time. We have Patty on the air with us. First off, congrats are in order. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, uh, and it, it, you're equally um, going to be either a Juno winner or a Juno loser. I'm glad to be either of the two of them. Uh, it's definitely Juno loser. Shout out to Andrew Jin <laughs> for winning this year's Junos. Well, it's kind of, it, it's kind of interesting too, because it feels like the last few years, it really feels like, we're putting a lot more emphasis and way more of a spotlight on Canadian media, on Canadian award shows. When, like when I was a kid growing up, the Junos were just kind of like what this weird thing <laughs> that was on that maybe your grandparents watched after Air Force. Like it was like, what are those? What's a Gemini? What's a Juno? It's become this very big celebratory thing. And I think one thing that's really happened over the last couple of years is that Canadians have kind of got turned inward again. We're paying a lot more attention to Canadian comedy and Canadian entertainment now. Canadian comics are going, you know what? I want to stay here. We're actually like kind of building our own star system almost finally yes. in a way that we've been talking about for years. So for you, I mean, as a comic, and I remember when you started out in Toronto, like now being Juno nominated has this sort of, it has a lot of weight to it now. Like how does that actually feel coming to this point? Uh, it's Honestly, absolutely wow. This still really hasn't kicked in. Um, you know, when you put out an album, especially your debut one, you're just expecting, you know, just some kind words, some friends, the occasional share. Uh, but to be literally nominated for Comedy Album of the Year by what is arguably the largest, I guess, award ceremony that we have, that we as a comedians, we can potentially have our album be um, acknowledged by is insane. Uh, yeah. Especially because uh, my girlfriend was looking through previous Juno comedy album winners and there was something like a 35 year gap where they weren't even doing the comedy album of the year it was yeah. like the air farce for like seven years in a row in the late 80s early 90s and then just it stopped and only has I think started in the last five or so years so to be kind of in the inaugural I'd say like even first 10 potential uh Juno comedy album um uh, you know, post coming in is it's fantastic. Uh, I could not be genuinely happier. As corny as that sounds, <laughs> I mean, and it's it's it it really is this incredible time in Canadian comedy for albums. You look at all the independent labels that have sprung up in the last five seven years. I mean, you had Comedy Records, Six or Four, Comedy Here Often, uh, Howl and Roar, Cottage Comedy. We've been pumping out albums out of this country lately from this generation of comics that have been like not just here in Canada, but stateside too, just taking over yeah. the charts. Like it's been an album machine in this country and it's really reflective of who is who in Canadian comedy right now. And, and kind of gives a voice to a lot of comedians who didn't really have any 
you know, idea of what to do with their jokes. Like, uh, I, for all intents and purposes, I was just doing uh, shows for as long as I can. And I had like a bunch of jokes that I, I was never planning on putting out an album. It, it didn't even kind of conceptualize. It wasn't a thing that, you know, was um, kind of like a bucket list item for uh, stand-up comedians. Uh, and then Blessed and Tyler Morrison with Couch Comedy, uh, you know, I, I did uh, my uh, a couple of shows. I was really part of the headlining set. And, you know, when COVID hit, uh, it, that that dream stopped. Like we were fighting for toilet paper. We murdered each other for <laughs> you know gas and water, like it was Mad Max. Uh, so I didn't even think I could turn it. I thought it would just be a, something I would occasionally watch in lockdown, remembering the good old days. Uh, but being able to translate that into a comedy album, which in itself is an amazing feat, um, was fantastic. And then it just you know escalated into a Juno nomination again. Still, I still am blown away by the fact that like this can officially happen. Like. My friends look at me and have hope now because like we were all, you know, came up together and they're like, holy shit, like you did it. You, we can do it. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's all start putting out albums, I guess. I don't, I don't know what else. I don't have to go to America and try to struggle there uh, to get noticed. I can, I can get noticed here in Canada. It's fantastic. Well, and it is kind of reflective of, you know, listen, pre, pre-COVID, the cities like Toronto, I mean, this was a pretty oversaturated hub. We had a ton of open mics. We had 5 million amateur comic, you know, but those are where we come up in. I mean, you, you remember running around the city doing five shows a night and you're a lot of the time, it's just you in the back of a room with other people on their phones waiting to do their five minutes in front of each other, you know? So to go from that to this point where you have a Juno nominated album. And I mean, coming out of what we've just come out of the last couple of years, the comics who are here now working, these are the, these are career comics. They're yeah, you know, absolutely. like new growth after a forest fire. It's like, this is who stayed through and kept the industry going and kept working. And that's who's here now. Well, one thing I want to pick your brain on after the break too, is there's kind of a two schools of thoughts on albums you know, the older generation of comics, the the Darren Frosts and the Kenny Robinsons and all the original sort of road dogs, you know, those guys would always say like, well, an album, that's something you do after like 15, 20 years because you had to go through certain channels. So it was really yeah. long shot, far away, years of road work kind of a thing. Now, it because we can put things out digitally and because we have all these great independent labels, it's really up to comics now when they decide they are album ready and when they want to put this yeah. thing out there. Cause once you do, it's sort of a time capsule. It's like, this is yeah. out there forever. This is a snapshot of who you were at a, as a comic at that time and what that material was. So when we come back from the break, I, I'm curious to find out sort of what some of the stuff you tackle on this album, but also for you, when you knew it was, this was album ready and it was time to do this because apparently it worked. So there you go. <laughs> uh, we're going to come back with more Hisham Kaladi right here on Inside Jokes.
is Hisham Kaladi. I'm being held hostage by Inside Joke hosts Dean and Vince. Uh, please pay the ransom, Mom. I really want to get out of here. This is absolutely horrible. The show's great, but just the experience is horrible. Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. Helping you see the world around you more clearly. Not that that's a great idea right now. What? <laughs> Watch literally anything but the news. For the love of God, do not watch the news. We're all going to die. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> comedy. We have Hisham. I love yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, Hisham, for you as a comic, it's sort of a double-edged sword. It's like, man, there's so much stuff to talk about in the world right now. Yeah. But do I even want to? Because No. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I am not touching anything political. I am black Jim Gaffigan, okay? I'm going to do jokes about food, my girlfriend, and my mom, and just stay in that lane forever. Because we always get enough, like, uh, uh, depressing stuff on uh, the news. I'm like, I, I, I think comedy is escapism. Like, I want, it's great to, like, hear the stories and experience of others. And I really do want to hear, like, different perspectives. Because that's the most fun. I want to I wanna see, like, weird movies or weird TV shows and to hear weird people. But all of it is supposed to be fun like the root yeah. word of comedian is comedy and like i want you to leave happier than when you came and like best case scenario when you're super bummed up maybe think about that time i told a joke about this and like it cheers you up i'm like that's what i look for and want to kind of do my comedy towards uh i.e uh no ukrainian uh russian war no abortion no rolling thunder in ottawa another small occupation let's i'm going to leave that for the uh political comedians you come to me for your uh, Chinese food takes, okay? That's, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, one thing we were talking about before the break is how, you know, the, 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 the nature of putting on an album is so much different now. We have all this stuff at our disposal and at our fingertips, so it's really up to comics now. But, I mean, obviously, you this is something that you've been honing since the beginning. This is something that, again, it's sort of a snapshot of who you are in this time. You want to yeah. put out exactly what you want to put out because it's out there forever. It's locked in. It's part of your career, yes. who you are yeah. for you. When did you know, like, was this, how long were you sort of gearing up for this album? Like, when did you know that, okay, this is the material that I want to put out there. This is what I want to make permanent right now. He took a rapid test. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Tested positive for comedy. Um, uh, uh, honestly, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a different comedian in others when it comes to putting out content. Cause like I'll workshop the same joke. Like I would say for like three years, like I'm so obsessed with literally trimming the fat. So at no, at no point I could be eating a dick for 40 straight minutes and then put out just like a two minute banger at the end, which completely changes the entire tone people are like losing their shit it's eddie murphy delirious like this was it and i knew that when i had picked and they were literally that my 10 best favorite killer jokes that yeah. there was no more to that like this they were as good as it was going to get i i put them aside just to be like you know what I, i'm done with this 30 that like is me like this is the stuff that in the last like seven years i have been talking about pounding away at like this is literally you say you said snapshot of where you are as a person that, like that is the most accurate description of what an album is it's literally a like kind of a 
a time capsule so that if you like yeah. go back 20 years from now and you look through, you're like, oh, this is where I was. This is what I was talking about. These were my experiences, especially because like, I love talking about my mom and my girlfriend and that like, you know, in another five, six, seven years, when I put another album out, like you get to see the actual growth of both my comedy and my relationships. You know, maybe things have changed, new things to talk about. Uh, and uh, I think about a year previous to the album uh, when I had just been steadily headlining, doing a lot of road gigs, a uh, bunch of corporates, just a, a really like really intense, good headlining experiences that when I was basically doing that album, it was killing every time. I, yeah. It doesn't matter if it was like a, like a, you know, a sunlight financial corporate thing, or I was doing something for, you know, an NGO and a bunch of like, you know, multicultural hipsters, like no matter what it was, regardless of the audience, it worked consistently. And I thought, you know what, this would just be a lot of fun to, you know, put down, solidify, put it into like, just even like a, a fun little YouTube thing, maybe to toss out just, just to see if anyone has any traction. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, when Tyler reached out to me and said that, you know, he'd been uh, watching me for a while and he liked my stuff and he wanted the opportunity like to turn this into an album. Cause he's like, I've, I've saw the entire thing. I, I know this can be an album and I know it's the middle of a pandemic, but you know what? Like it would just be, even if let's say comedy never comes back, it would have been a great thing to kind of like you know, hang my coat on and be like, you know what? If comedy never goes back and we're all in the trenches, you know, fighting for water, at least I can say, I put this album out. Uh, it, it, it is exactly who I was when I, when I did it. And, uh, and it, and it turned out even better than that. Again, I'm so freaking out. I got a Juno now. I remember doing exactly. shitty shows with you Kitsch. And then now I, I'm sitting at the Metro Convention Center, uh, happily losing. Uh, but like, you know, it's it's a complete like uh, a hero's journey kind of a thing, as corny as that sounds. <laughs> no, I totally. And yeah, I mean, like I said, I remember watching you come up in Toronto and start out. And it's like, it's, it's awesome to see, like even this year's list of nominees, like what's going on in this country. Everything came from the the comics that took over this industry and from these labels like Cottage Comedy, Comedy Records, Howl and Roar, 604, like that's 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 what's happening in canadian albums right now and it's amazing and the industry has just followed along they went okay these that's who's putting this stuff out it's all the comics themselves that's what we've been talking about lately uh hisham before we let you go man where can we where can we get this album where can we find you on social where can our listeners watch you all that good stuff uh please check out tigra king on every streaming service uh feel free to buy a copy on Bandcamp. all proceeds go to east african war orphans and widows because all my dogs gonna eat um, you guys can check me out at Hisham Party on Instagram and uh, upcoming shows. I will be hosting for SNL's Chris Red first weekend of June. Uh, at the end of June, I will be at Sled Festival uh, out in uh, Calgary. And I'm putting on a monthly called Comedy Gang every third weekend uh, at Comedy Bar West, 945 Blue Street West. Uh, come check me out at any of these. You'll have a great time, I promise. And worst case, afterwards, uh, we'll just go smoke a drink on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hisham, it was so good to catch up with you, man. And once again, congrats. I mean, I love seeing this stuff. I love seeing where comics are at now. And that's who's running the show these days. It's not that that is the industry. It's you guys now. It's comics themselves. That's where we are at. I appreciate you guys. And I love it. Good energy. Hisham, man. thank good you so energy. much, man. Uh, thank that you, is man. Our thank show. you so much, dude. Thank you to our panel. Hisham Kaladi. His new album is out. Don't forget the O Positive Tour, also hitting the stage on Comedy Bar here in Toronto. That is our show. You can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning of time on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy Rx is Hisham Kaladi. For example, last year, probably while high, she got a dog. 
okay? My five foot, fully African, wears a hijab in the shower mom, got a dog, okay? And we, I, I, I literally, I haven't seen her in three months, I go and visit her, I walk in, there's an all black German shepherd standing in the hall growling at me. And I'm like, first of all, I had no other reason, I was just like, mama? Like, are you sure full Harry Potter? And she comes down and she goes, Hisham, this is my dog. My mom, why did you get a dog? And she just went to protect me from my enemies. <laughs> I'm like, what's his name? She goes, they say his name is Sam, but I gave him a good new Muslim name. I'm like, what's his name now? She went, Jihad. I'm like, no. No. Like, outside the house, she's like, Gigi. Outside the house, Gigi. Inside Jihad. Imagine her in the dark part just screaming, Why people diving out of the way? Just a little dog being like. <laughs>